Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hey, so last week we talked a little bit about what Antioch's about, where we want this podcast to go, but there's always a story behind the story, and there are a lot of stories of God's glory mm-hmm. and of faith that, uh, that I've learned a lot from, and I hope that many others can learn from, but just wanted to ask today, can you tell us a bit about where you guys started with church planting? Mm-hmm. What, what, was that, what was the beginning of that, mm-hmm. and where'd you start? What was it like? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just a it's one of those great God stories. It was uh, 1991. We knew that God had spoken to us about church planting, and we took a summer team uh, to Eastern Europe. We went to Bulgaria and Romania, Hungary, and then ended up in Amsterdam. And um, after uh, getting to Hungary, uh, I was coming back to the states and was training through Amsterdam. And I'm on that overnight train, and I'm thinking about Russia. And it's just in my heart and in my mind. And I'm praying this prayer throughout the night. I'm, I really can't sleep, and I'm, I'm on this sleeper train. But I'm praying throughout the night, God, what are you doing in Russia? We're doing all these things in Eastern Europe. What are you doing in Russia? I get off the train. It comes in about 7.30 in the morning. I walk over to meet a friend from Youth with a Mission, and uh, I said, hey, Derek, how you doing? He said, hey, let me tell you what God's doing in Russia. That's and he awesome. was like, yes, all right. I said, man, I'm going to get my prayer answered. And he told me about literally the thousands of people, young people in the Moscow area and in, at that time, Leningrad, St. Petersburg area and those bigger cities that had been experiencing just moves of God, right? And people were coming to Jesus in droves. And they had had a rock concert promoter uh, come and uh, at one of their, their Christian rock concerts, mm-hmm. this guy had come up, he had gotten saved, and he said, hey, I think y'all want to tell people about Jesus who've never heard, right? Yeah. And they said, absolutely. He said, well, I'll set up an eight-city tour for you in uh, Mongolia, northern China, Uzbekistan, and southern Siberia. Your first and world tour. That's it, the first <laughs> world tour. He said, I'll set up an eight-city tour for you guys uh, if, you, if you want to get this message out. Well, of course, they said, man, this is the Lord. So what do we do? As they sought the Lord, they felt that God was specifically saying, these concerts aren't enough. There has to be discipleship and Mm follow-up and church planting. So they initiated with us as one of those groups that they said, would you come that first night of the concert and Mm -hmm. be there and be willing to stay and plant a church? And that was it. I mean, really, we said, all right. And we sought the Lord, prayed about it, and said, all right, we're in. We're ready to go. So that was uh, the summer of 1991. So now mm-hmm. it's October and the tour's beginning. Yeah. The name of the band was No Longer Music. And for those who know those guys out of Amsterdam, that may be very, very appropriate at times. How many people do you think on this podcast know that band? You know, if you're over 50, you do. <laughs> and uh, they were based out of Amsterdam, great guys. And uh, so they, they, uh, they did this tour. And, and uh, there were three of us that went out and met them 
uh, out in Siberia. Now, the, the interesting thing about it was in those days, even in 1991, the wall had just come down. There was still a bunch of bureaucracy. So when you came into the country, you had to register at the embassy if you were leaving Moscow. So we went in, we registered at the embassy, and at the embassy, the lady just happens to say, oh yeah, I see y'all are going to Ulan Ude, which is this city seven and a half hours flight yeah. from Moscow. Yeah. And she said, uh, there's an arms inspection point there, and there's a guy out there that's out there every once in a while named Scott Cerrone, and she just gave us his name. We wrote it on a piece of paper. That was so it. the reason for Ulan Ude was, was just because that was one of the tour stops. That was one of the tour stops. It wasn't like the... No, it was a just a crazy it, word from the Lord, just one yeah. of the stops. Well, it, it was the word of the Lord to us was, your friends are making a way. Hmm. Go with your friends. It was the principle of relationship that uh, got us moving forward. Hmm. So, um, so here we go. So, we do this crazy seven and a half hour flight. That's a whole story in of itself. But we get into Ulaner Day, and they told us to go to this particular uh, hotel. Now, it was about uh, 10 below, snowy, icy. We were a bunch of guys from Waco, Texas. We didn't have the warm gear you know, or anything. So we are freezing our tails off, we, and we don't speak any Russian, and that city is way out there. There's not many English speakers. But now you speak some. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Slava Bogu, that's praise the Lord. Uh, that's right. <laughs> What'd you say to me walking in? Huh? What'd I say to you? Oh, Kakjala, how you doing? There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so anyway, we, we, we get there. We kind of figure out a way to get into town. And uh, when we get there, we can tell the lady behind the desk, she checks us in, because our name was on a list, but for only that night. Now, we didn't have a flight returning for three weeks. And in those days, man, you got one seat, that was it, and that flight only came every once in a while, right? So, so this was a big deal. She said one night, and we could tell, somebody's trying to tell us in broken English, she's not happy you're here, all right? So uh, anyway, we get there, we get settled, YWAM shows up. And um, uh, I'm talking to the guy, the YWAM, the band leader and their translator. And I said, this lady seems upset. He ends up talking with her and he said, oh, she says you're out of here tomorrow. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about, man? And he said, well, as they say in America, every man for himself, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, we don't say it in America anymore. Uh, <laughs> So what we realized was they were booked for a night and going down the road, and they had not made a way for us. Another thing we, we realized in retrospect was that it was one of the arms inspection points for the nuclear weapons in uh, the country, Moscow wow. and Ulan-Uday. So it was a military <laughs> city, and we weren't actually allowed to be there. Wow. So all this set up, right? So we go that night. It was, there was a blizzard. And so only 120 people showed up to this 500-seat auditorium. Uh, but of that, 30 or 40 or so responded to the message. We had them come up to the stage. I had a translator. The concert kind of ended. Everybody was up now on the stage. And he said, well, they're all yours. And I said, well, guys, <laughs> does anybody know anyone that speaks English? And they kind of talk among themselves. And they said, oh, we have a teacher from school, basically. And the translator said, they have a teacher from school. I said, can she meet us tomorrow at noon? Now remember, we don't even know if we're gonna be able to stay. And then, and then they say, then I said, well, where can we meet? That we were at the music college, that's where the concert was. They said, we can just get a room at the music college. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, we're meeting the music college tomorrow night at seven. You bring your translator, uh, teacher friend, and we'll, we're good to go. So uh, my other guys with me are saying, what are you saying, man? We can't promise anything. And I thought, look, if God can get us to Siberia, he can get us here to stay. 
So um, we go back to the hotel. We're praying about all this and saying, all right, Lord, you got to make way. You got to make way. We don't sleep much that night, kind of interceding. Mm-hmm. And that morning, I'm, I'm literally just sitting in this kind of drip shower that looks like a Russian prison kind of deal. Yeah. You know, the, and I'm just and I'm sitting against the wall, letting the water run on me, saying, "Oh God, oh God, oh God." Was it hot? It was hot. Good. It was. It was like like too hot, right? So I <laughs> yeah. so, so I uh, so I I remembered Scott Cerrone. I get out of the shower, drop, tell the guys, guys, remember we've got that name, Scott Cerrone. They said, well, there's no phone number. There's no way to contact the guy. Yeah. This is a city of 365,000 people. And I said, look, if God gave us the name, then God will help us find him. So. Uh, at noon, first of all, the teacher shows up who's the translator. Her name was Yulia. And so we talked to Yulia, and she's the first person we met that spoke English, you know, that we didn't need mm-hmm. a translator. And we said, would you translate it for us? You know, we love Jesus. This is what we're trying to do. So on. So she says, oh, uh, yes, that would be great. I'm a Buddhist, and I love uh, the things of uh, the spiritual things. And a we Russian said, Buddhist. A Russian Buddhist. She was a go. Buryat from what we didn't know was an yeah. unengaged, unreached people there group. <laughs> it was an unengaged, unreached That's people crazy. group. Isn't that awesome? And uh, so she was a Buryat background. And yeah. uh, she, so she said, sure, I'd love to. And we're like, oh, well, okay, we got a Buddhist translator. We got, we got one down. And then it was time to find Scott Cerrone. So we, we, uh, so we say, okay, how are we going to do this? Holy Spirit, you have to lead us. So we get on all the warm clothing we could. We walk out the front door and we say, Spirit of the living God, which way do we turn? And we felt like he said, turn left. And so we turned left. We get to the corner. We say, Lord, which way do we turn? And we felt like we should turn left. And we turn left. About 300 meters up the road, we see a big blue jacket. Uh, it looked like a, a female with a big camcorder. This is 1991, so like a big movie camera mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. And as we get nearer, we see on that jacket with that person on the camera an American flag. And we hear the guy that's being interviewed say, this is Captain Scott Cerrone of the no U.S. Way. Army signing no off. No way. Woo! <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. That's amazing. So, I mean, within five minutes, we find the one guy that can save us. So, anyway, we grab him, hug his neck. He's like, whoa, who are you guys? You know, you're not even supposed to be here and that. And, and we find out that the lady with the camera was his wife. She's wow. never visited Russia before, never been wow. out there before, but she was there. And, uh, and he said, are y'all Jehovah's Witnesses or who are you? You know, he said, no, no, we, we're from a Baptist church. At that time, <laughs> we were from a Baptist church, so that helped. And uh, anyway, he said, I don't know. I think I can help you guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and his wife said, oh, Scott, surely we can help him. I said, listen to your wife, brother. Yes. Listen to your wife. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so he said, well, I'm meeting with the defense minister of the Soviet Union at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get something done. And I'm thinking, you absolutely can get something done. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, about 2.30, we get a phone call, come downstairs. We meet the defense minister of the Soviet Union, shake this big Russian man's hand. He said, but do you want? And he said, we'd like <laughs> to stay you. in your beautiful city, sir. If we could uh, stay here for three weeks, we'd appreciate it. And remember the lady at the front desk, she would sneer at us every time we would go by or yell at us. We didn't know what she was saying. He walks over to the lady. He explains in about two seconds what we're doing. And she mm-hmm. said, oh, welcome. You're welcome. You come to Russia. <laughs> and we are in. And that is how we began church planting <laughs> in the nations of the earth. You got to Ulan Day, finally getting the place to stay, yes. doing the stuff. Yeah. It was still cold? Still cold. I think it got colder. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but we met every night with them. And yeah. we, 
taught them the basics of the kingdom and we prayed for the sick and saw miracles and they would bring their friends to get saved. And then we gathered them together and said, all right, guys, you're it. You're the church. Acts 2, 42 through 47, mm-hmm. our long-term team, which would, at that time of year would have been long-term, but our t- next team's coming in two months. Y'all meet every night and we'll be back in two months. We get back in two months or the guys get back in two months and when they land, there's still 18 to 20 of them meeting. Wow. And uh, that began the church wow. in Ulan Day, which still flourishes today. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's a lot more stories in that, which we'll get to later. Yes. On a later podcast. Amen. Thanks for sharing your heart today. Hey, it's a joy. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time. Oh,